Welcome back to the Der Show. It's so frustrating to watch on television the recent disclosures of deaths and murders. I mean, if what we're seeing is true and only objective investigation can determine uh, whether it's true, but we're seeing people killed at close range with a bullet in the back of their head, execution style, some of their hands tied behind their backs. Um, and we hear it's going to be even worse when some of the other cities, towns, and villages get liberated. Uh, again, we have to be sure uh, that uh, the reporting is accurate, but it seems to be almost um, unanimous. Uh, the only thing Fox and CNN and MSNBC uh, and Newsmax seem to agree about is that the, these war crimes are being uh, perpetrated um, by Russia against uh, civilians in Ukraine. Of course, Russia is saying, no, no, these are false flags. These are Ukrainians killing Ukrainians, uh, tying hands behind back to make it look like it's um, murder. I don't believe a word of it. Um, you know, I'm a skeptic uh, by nature, and so I'm always going to keep an open mind on everything. But uh, the evidence just at this point seems uh, overwhelming. I just don't think you could fool people like the very experienced uh, reporters um, that are on the scenes of these uh, horrible crimes. Uh, you know, anything can be faked, anything could be um, misinterpreted. I'll never forget, there was a, <clears throat> a video that showed all over the world of uh, Palestinian uh, being shot and being carried off in a stretcher, and they all said he was dead and it was terrible. And then somebody managed to get a hold of the whole film, not just the part that was shown. And as soon as the first camera was, the main camera was turned off, the dead guy got up off his stretcher and walked away and joined his friends. Um, in fact, a, a whole documentary was made of it. It was called Hollywood, Palestinian Hollywood, uh, with made-up stories about lots and lots of stuff. So we know there's a capacity, particularly today, where videos can be made to show anything. Ironically, I represented the president of Ukraine many years ago, who was indicted on the basis of a um, of, um, manufactured tape, um, which passed through the first round of um, investigation as perfect as it was digital. It wasn't what they used to do, just cut off a little piece of tape, scotch tape it, and then fill in the rest. This was digitally done, but we were able to go to the best people in the United States, the highest tech people, and prove by background sounds and other kinds of things that the tape was contrived and manufactured. So I'm a skeptic, but for purposes of this analysis, let's assume that the narrative is correct, that the, the Russians, that let's start small and then go bigger. Let's assume that at least individual Russian soldiers um, did engage in war crimes. And you can engage in a war crime if you're just a low-level private, um, um, that they did kill individual civilians by shooting them back of the head, uh, engage in rape, which is now a war crime as well, rape during a wartime, you know, rape was used as a weapon of war for, for many, 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 many centuries. Um, and indeed, there were some in the early days 
of warfare, there are some scholars, I always wonder when you use the word scholars, who claim that the winning army was entitled to loot and rape and rob and do anything they wanted. Of course, nobody agrees with that today. And, and, and rape as a war crime is a very, very serious matter. And it's, it's, it's uh, been practiced uh, not only throughout history, but in recent years as well. And there are allegations that it was done um, in Ukraine as well, allegations that women were raped in front of their children. And then there was allegations of torture and allegations of murder. Let's assume for purposes of this analysis that that's all true. Still, you have to go up the level. You have to first say that the soldier who pulled the trigger is guilty of a war crime. The commanding officer who said, go and shoot people if such a person exists, is guilty of a war crime according to the principles established in the uh, Tokyo uh, War Tribunal, not the Nuremberg, but the one that was done for Japan. Um, a general, major general, was hanged as a war criminal, uh, even though he claimed he wasn't purpose specifically aware of particular war crimes because he was the general in charge. He was deemed responsible and was subject to the harshest uh, penalty uh, imaginable being hanged for that. So we start with the soldier, we go to the initial command of the commander, perhaps of the group, and then to the regional commander and then to the person in charge of the entire Ukraine, and then ultimately you get to the defense minister, the foreign minister, and of course to the top person, Putin. Um, is Putin aware that there were particular murders being committed or rapes being committed? Did he authorize a policy that encouraged this kind of uh, a war crime? Certainly he must have been aware that um, uh, rockets were being fired at hospitals, at uh, auditoriums, at uh, uh, other areas where civilians were going to be present, and plainly he would be responsible for uh, the disproportionality of um, firing at military targets, knowing that you're going to kill a certain number of civilians, or for the explicit war crime of targeting uh, civilians. Now, as I've said before in the show, um, under current rules of law, and war, uh, Winston Churchill would have been guilty of a war crime for the bombing of Dresden. Um, and uh, Harry Truman would have been guilty of a war crime for authorizing the um, bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Those were not sufficiently important military targets to justify the killing of uh, more than 100,000 civilians. Could it be justified on other grounds that the older alternative would have been worse? These are interesting issues that could uh, be debated. But uh, from what we're seeing in Ukraine, um, we're seeing the deliberate targeting of civilians in order to demoralize the Ukrainian people and to um, maybe achieve war ends, but maybe not even achieve war ends, just allow people to get out their frustration because they haven't been able to capture uh, Kiev. Um, so um, I have very little doubt that were there to be a trial, and if Putin were to be brought to trial in The Hague, I'm sure he doesn't call me to defend him, um, but if he were to be uh, uh, put on trial in, in The Hague, uh, he'd be convicted. Uh, certainly the military people 
the, the, the levels below, I think they would all be convicted and it would go up to the top. Certainly, Putin would be convicted of the crime of waging aggressive war, as I've said before. That's not within the jurisdiction of the International Criminal Court for a non-state member without Security Council approval, which will not obviously be forthcoming because Russia has a veto in the Security Council, but he would be, uh, he would be convicted. But he's not going to be put on trial. This is different than Radovan Karadic and others. Uh, I think I've told you before. I was called by Radovan Karadic, the head of the Bosnian Serbs, while he was a fugitive. He called me personally on the phone and asked me to defend him in The Hague. And I said, I have two principles that would preclude me from doing that. One, I don't defend fugitives. Uh, I'm not somebody who's going to help people escape justice. I'm part of the system of justice. If you appear in front of the tribunal, then call me if you're within the jurisdiction and, and we can talk. Also, I don't defend people who are engaged in ongoing crimes. I don't defend mafiosa, terrorists, drug dealers, people who have crime as a career uh, and will continue to do crimes if I, if I get them off. I'm a one-shot lawyer. Um, no matter how horrible what you've done, if you've done it and it's over, um, I'll defend you. But uh, I did not defend Radovan Karadic, and um, eventually he was caught. And he was brought to The Hague, and um, I went to see him. And we spent a couple of hours together, and in the end, I did not uh, choose to, to represent him. Um, but uh, there he was. He was caught. Uh, what if he weren't caught? Uh, what if Milosevic weren't caught, if the other people weren't, weren't caught, weren't captured, weren't subject to the jurisdiction of the court? Um, what if uh, Goering and Goebbels and um, uh, Hitler, you know, uh, had been captured, they would have been put on trial at Nuremberg, but they were not. Only Goering of the top, top, top people was put on trial, convicted, and then committed suicide. Um, um, but uh, generally, we don't believe in trial by absentia. Many countries do, and there are limited times when even we believe in trial and absentia. If you escape in the middle of your trial, you can be, the trial can continue even though you're not there. Uh, France puts people on trial in absentia, um, and other Western democracies do. So is it a possibility? Because we're not going to get, we're not going to get Putin within the jurisdiction of any court, and we're unlikely to get any of the generals. It's possible that some Ukrainian soldiers, I'm sorry, some Russian soldiers could be captured by Ukrainian soldiers and, and, and held as prisoners of war and brought to The Hague for trial. That's not beyond the realm of possibility, particularly if the war continues, unfortunately, for a longer period of time. But, but what if nobody is physically present to be brought within the jurisdiction of the ICC, the International Criminal Court, or another court? Very likely what they would do is set up a special court for Ukraine, as they did for the former Yugoslavia, as they did for Rwanda, as they have done in other places as well. Um, generally, you cannot put people on trial in absentia. But how about this? I think there has to be a historical record of what's going on, and there has to be evidence gathering. So I would propose, in the event that there's no possibility of having a trial with a defendant present, uh, creating a tribunal, and it could be an official tribunal. It wouldn't necessarily um, be able to impose punishments, 
but it could be part of what, for example, in South Africa was the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, an official organization, judicial or quasi-judicial body that would gather um, evidence and, and issue a report. It would give notice to each of the defendants, Putin, you're on notice, Minister of Defense, you're on notice, General so-and-so, you're on notice. You're being put on trial. You can do one of three things. You can appear. They're not going to appear. You can send your lawyer and we'll allow your lawyer to defend you and your lawyer will be given complete immunity, uh, will be able to be free to come and go and call you on the phone. Uh, you can have a complete defense. And if you want to testify um, by Zoom, uh, yeah, you can testify by Zoom. Um, and uh, a record will be made, a transcript. You'll be sworn under oath or if you don't want to be sworn under oath, you're not sworn under oath. Um, that's up to you. Um, uh, your credibility would probably be increased a little bit, maybe not much, by swearing under oath. If you're willing to murder, you're willing to commit perjury, obviously. And a judicial panel would be set up of um, former judges all over the world. Uh, you know, Justice Souter and, uh, could serve as the United States judge, or Steve Breyer, if he's already resigned from the Supreme Court. Uh, great Britain could put uh, on the tribunal uh, a great former um, um, justice or, or judge. France, um, other countries, countries that have been part of the international judicial community, uh, and, and there would be a trial. And the end result would be, you know, it's Hamlet without the prince, because the defendant wouldn't be there, but you could get a, a verdict. It's a verdict of history. It's not a verdict that will be enforceable, um, but um, it's better than nothing. It's better to have a record. It's better to take testimony. It's better to subject to testing, reporting and video by various people. If the Russians claim that they um, will, um, uh, that they have a defense, that uh, no, they didn't kill anybody, uh, let them introduce evidence through their lawyer. If they don't want to send a lawyer, the court could appoint a, a, a lawyer. Um, and if they, if they did that, just to make a record, and if somebody asked me to serve as defense counsel for the, the devils, I, I guess I would do that um, in order to help make a record and to help bring some judicial imprimatur to what is up to now just media reporting. And, you know, media reporting, it's the first draft of history, uh, but maybe a judicial uh, resolution would be a second draft of history, better than just media reporting, because, you know, many people are very suspicious of the media, me among them. Um, and um, Americans have an extraordinarily low approval rating for the media, and I think that's true in many parts of the world uh, today. Um, you know, there could be some judges from countries that are somewhat neutral, obviously not Belarus, obviously not uh, Syria, uh, Hungary, the, the, the authoritarian leader of Hungary, who was just recently reelected overwhelmingly, um, has had some associations with, with Putin and generally supports him, but maybe there'd be a fair judge. Maybe there'd be a judge who could be independent. Uh, uh, other countries could serve on the 
judicial panel, it would be very important to get the right people, people who are respected all over the world, people who have some knowledge of the laws of war um, and of uh, international law. Um, so um, if it's going to happen, it should start now. And um, there should be investigators appointed, official investigators, former prosecutors. My nominee for that uh, would be uh, Luis Campo. He was the first prosecutor in the International Criminal Court. He retired a few years ago, and he's, I don't know how old, younger than I am, but uh, not a youngster. Um, he's uh, Argentinian by, by heritage and background. He was a great, great prosecutor in Argentina, and he taught at Harvard Law School. And uh, he and I taught one or two classes together, and we've, we've met many, many occasions, and we handled one or two cases together. After he left the International Criminal Court, he would be an ideal prosecutor. He would also be an ideal judge. And, um, um, and, and there would be cooperation, obviously, by Ukrainian authorities. And, and everything the Ukrainian authorities turned over would be subject to cross-examination, subject to forensic evaluation. Um, they wouldn't be able to just show a snippet of a film from CNN or from Fox. They would have to show all the outtakes, and it would have to be the usual rules of admissibility of evidence. Um, you know, you may think this is just Alice in Wonderland or pie in the sky, but I do think history has its claims, and I do think while the evidence is fresh, and tragically the evidence is fresh, the bodies are still lying on the street, uh, the mass graves have still not been uh, covered, um, this is the time to do it. This is the time to do it. And uh, credibility is essential. To establish a tribunal of this kind with credibility uh, would uh, be an enormous, enormous uh, benefit. So I'm curious what, what you think. Uh, we're not going to get a trial in The Hague. Let's understand that. We're not going to get a trial in The Hague. Uh, we're not going to get Putin to take the, the train from Moscow uh, to, to The Hague. We're just not going to happen, and nobody's going to go in and arrest him. It's not going to be like the former Yugoslavia. Remember, in all of those cases, and almost all of those cases, including Nuremberg and Tokyo, uh, it was, quote, victor's justice. The people who won the war put the people who lost the war on trial. Different in Yugoslavia because it was settled. But um, but certainly in Japan and in Germany, uh, it was victor's justice. It could be justice. And, you know, scholars have disputed the justice uh, implicit in, in, in Nuremberg and, and in, in, in Tokyo. But on balance, um, the world benefited, I think, from hearing all the evidence and seeing uh, the records. Um, the interesting thing, of course, about the Germans, they kept scrupulous records. They were so proud of what they had done. Uh, and the records of Auschwitz uh, were, were completely documented. It is impossible to be a Holocaust denier if you've seen the Nuremberg trials and seen the records in the Nuremberg trials and seen the testimony of the head of Auschwitz, who testifies as to the methods of death, the number of people who were killed, how they were killed, what was the criteria. There's no dispute. If you're a Holocaust denier, you're a liar, a fool, or a bigot, probably all three. Um, 
And, and, and so um, we need that to happen here, too, because in 10 or 20 years, there will be Ukraine deniers. There are already some. Uh, in fact, it's probably a good time to transition to um, some of my letters, uh, which deal with this issue. But before we do, I'm going to turn to my son and my producer and see if there are any live questions. Um, yeah, we've got a few. Um... Uh, the first question is from uh, Taurus, and he basically is saying, well, yeah, this is bad, but um, the uh, 100,000 people have uh, died, um, including, you know, in Russia, but in Europe and everything for the, the refusal of therapeutics to treat COVID. So he, he oh, found you know, more moral equivalency. Well, everybody uses tragedies like the war in Ukraine to make their point if they're pro-vaccine, they'll use it to make their point. If they're anti-vaccine, they'll use it to make their point. If they're anti-Semitic, they'll find, believe me, they'll find a Jewish angle. If they're anti-Muslim, they'll find an anti-Muslim uh, angle. And in fact, that leads me to some of the, the letters. Um, a bunch of them. I just read a bunch of them because you won't believe them. I mean, these are people who watch this show at least they claim to watch the show. And this is what they're saying. Uh, I, I read this only because I don't censor anything. And I read things that I find just fundamentally wrong. But here, here they are. Judge for yourself. You're a traitor and a disgrace to the country. Posting Ukrainian flags instead of your own flag. I never did that. I just made that up. Um, when we have people dying in our streets and getting invaded by illegal immigrants every single day. See, again... You have an illegal immigrant issue, you're going to raise it in the context of Ukraine. Are people getting murdered because of fentanyl and other drugs flooding over the borders, but you go and cry about Ukraine? F you, coward. There's a storm coming that people like you won't survive. I don't take threats so easily. Uh, and then he continues. Um, yeah, Ukrainian citizens are dying. But they're dying because their own people are killing them, buying into the Russian narrative. The next one, oh, that was from Fox 406. The next one is from Capitalism Forever. I really, really don't believe it is Putin doing it. The Bolshevik Jewish Central Bankers, right, the, the, uh, uh, the Jewish Central Bankers, um, killed millions of Christians in Russia in 1917 and killed the Tsar and his family. Yeah, I, rem I remember, it must have been some relatives of mine, a bunch of Jews went and killed, <clears throat> killed the Tsar and his family, of course. They are no they, the Jews, the Jewish bankers, the Rothschilds, they are notorious for committing crimes and then blaming their enemy. Look at what they did to Trump on January 6th. I didn't realize that the Jews did that to Trump as well. They paid Antifa to pose as Trump supporters in order to falsely blame Trump. Well, I'm reading them. Um, next one is from uh, UREC. Uh, so there's no investigation that proves that Russia killed these Ukrainians, but let's just say Russia did it anyway. I'm confused by your doublespeak, Professor. The rules on war explanation, your rules on war explanation was hilarious. Just listen to yourself. Rules on war? So it's a sport now? Yeah, rules on war are very, very important. 
It's not a sport. It's deadly, but you need rules. And the rules include not targeting civilians. So you may think it's hilarious. It's pretty darn serious when this happens. There are wars that have been fought. It starts with the American Revolution. George Washington commanded his troops never to kill captured soldiers. The, 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 the British, the Redcoats, engaged in numerous war crimes, numerous war crimes, killing civilians. And Washington was urged by some of his people, we have to retaliate. We have to kill soldiers. He said, no, we're going to have a revolution that will go down in history as the cleanest war ever fought. And it was. It was a war that was extremely cleanly fought. Okay. Sid 447. It's a Ukro-Nazi false flag. When the Russians pulled back from around Kiev and, and, and after the peace talks in Istanbul on March 29th, as a gesture of faith, the Russians pulled back. I mean, um, on April 1st, the mayor of Bucha, Bucha made a video saying everything was fine. I'd like to see that video. And the Ukrainians had retaken the village. On either April 2nd or 3rd, another video was made from the same town, and there was no mention of anything on tour. Then on April 4th, dead bodies mysteriously appeared in the streets, and this pack of lies were made, claiming the Russians perpetrated these crimes. And then it gets a little bit more personal as usual. Alan, you're an irrelevant commie pig, and I'm being nice. Uh, neither do you know what is going on, you tool. Uh, this is uh, Karen. Uh, shame on you for not doing your homework. You would not admit the truth even if you knew it. Funny you should mention Nuremberg trials while well, the Nazis that are killing Eastern Ukraine people for many years, the Ukrainian Nazi Jew, Zelensky, is the criminal Yes, they exist, you fool. Um, next, IVH. Don't be so sure it was the Russians. They immediately agreed to a UN investigation. Ukraine is still prevaricating. Um, it's really shocking and disappearing that Mr. Dershowitz, who's a great defense attorney, not uses skills the way John Adams did with the British soldiers. I think I have used my skills that way. Uh, he clearly didn't examine the evidence or lack thereof before making his pronouncements. I do hope he takes another look before judging that the Russians committed this crime. Could he convict them with the evidence? It's sad to see a great defense attorney post something like this. Got a good uh, question here. If yeah. You what is it? Just, just saying, uh, well, you know, under these circumstances, would George uh, W. Bush be tried for uh, starting wars in Iraq and, and Afghanistan? It's a very good question. And of course, you know, the word war crime and war criminals are thrown around a lot. Henry Kissinger, who's, I think, a great, great person, a great secretary of state, I've known him since he was a Harvard uh, professor, has been accused of being a war criminal for Cambodia and, and Vietnam. And, and of course, there have been allegations uh, against uh, George uh, W. Bush. Um, Look, I think it was an ill-advised war. I think it was the wrong war, but it didn't target civilians. And it was a war based, to be sure, on misinformation. But I do think that Colin Powell believed it when he said that there were weapons of mass destruction uh, that were being developed by, um, by Iraq and by the Saddam Hussein regime. But look, it's always a matter of degree, and what's good for the goose has to be good for the gander, whatever rules we have, have to be equally applicable to every side. The shoe must always fit on the other foot. 
relating to that is another question. Are the Chinese guilty of genocide against the Uyghurs? Um, the Uyghurs fit your definition of a religious or ethnic majority that has been targeted, unlike Ukraine. The Chinese are guilty of human rights violations, but there is no visual evidence on a par with, for example, what we see in Bucha of the killing. Uh, under Trump, Pompeo said the Chinese may be guilty of genocide, but Blinken has said the Chinese are guilty of genocide. Um, yeah, I think that um, uh, if there is a policy of massive killing of the Uyghurs as distinguished from detention, um, I think a case for genocide could be made. The Uyghurs do fit the definition. They are a particular ethnic religious group within uh, China that is being, we know, discriminated against, we know detained, we know some are being killed, but is what they're doing to them, does it rise to the level of genocide? I think it, the evidence uh, remains to be seen on that. Ilan, any more questions? Um, just something about, you know, Madeleine Albright has said that the 50, 500,000 uh, innocent people in Iraq and uh, Iran uh, the, de the death was worth it, and uh, was uh, I was shocked to learn that. I don't know if that's true, but he's claiming that's true. I don't think that's true. Madeleine Albright um, just recently died. She was a, a great woman, um, um, born in Czechoslovakia, I think, during the war. Uh, found out, by the way, she had Jewish parents when she was an older woman. They had hidden the fact from her, as many, many uh, Jews did after the war. They didn't circumcise their children. Uh, they didn't tell them they had Jewish um, heritage. Um, many discover it. I'll never forget, my uh, other son, my younger son and I, were in Przemysl, a town right on the border of Poland and Ukraine. This must be 30 years ago. Uh, Przemysl, which is impossible to pronounce or spell. It's like uh, Coach K. Um, um, uh, but uh, P-R-Z-S-M-Z-L-Y-L. -Y uh, we were there in Shemesh, and we were sitting and just having a, a Coke at uh, a cafe, and suddenly a guy walks by, and my son turns to me and says, have you looked at that guy? He was the spitting image of me. He looked just like me. Um, he looked exactly like me. Back in the day, I had a mustache, and uh, he did, and he had the same hair, wore the same glasses, and and I imagined he must be a child of a Jewish family that was given to a Polish family or something and, and survived, and I ran up to him and I talked to him in English, didn't understand, I don't know Polish, uh, I tried, you know, the 10 words of German that I knew he didn't understand, I tried Yiddish, he didn't understand, that's the end of the story, uh, I have no idea, but we know that there are, people say up to 10,000, uh, people who live in Poland today who are the children of Jewish families who were just given over to Christians and they were murdered. Um, um, but and, and, the, and the children don't know. They're now my age. Uh, they don't know that they have uh, Jewish uh, heritage as Madeleine Albright didn't know that herself. And uh, so, no, I, I don't think that uh, that quote attributed to Madeleine Albright is correct. Uh, look, the war in Iraq was a terrible, terrible a mistake based on false intelligence. There are those who think that the false intelligence was known to be false by some people. Nobody thinks that the president himself was aware that the intelligence was uh, false. 
but uh, there are accusations made that some people may have been aware of it. I don't know the answer to that. I'm willing to presume that the intelligence was correct. By the way, the British intelligence supported it. Israeli intelligence supported it. I think some other countries' intelligence supported it. My theory has always been that Saddam Hussein wanted the United States to believe he had chemical, biological, nuclear weapons of mass destruction. He wanted them to believe it, so he planted evidence to allow people, and it backfired. Uh, not only did the Americans believe it, but they acted on it. That's always been my theory. I'd be interested in, in knowing what, what you think. Uh, so if, if you want to hear me more, you may be sick and tired of me, particularly if you're some of the people who wrote, write those letters, but if you want to see more of me, you should subscribe to uh, Rumble. Um, you can also subscribe to or join Locals Community, um, where every day I mouth off for three minutes about something that I care about or something that's bugging me or something. That's important in the news, so, so you can watch me every day, seven days a week for that. And then if you want me to say hello to you for your birthday or kid going to college or law school and wants a greeting, you can access me. You have to buy me on Cameo. I think it's around 100 bucks, and it goes to charity. I don't take any of it. Uh, it goes to build a Chabad house on Martha's Vineyard, uh, which I'm really looking forward to spending some time at uh, this summer, uh, health permitting and everything else permitting. So uh, see you tomorrow. And please keep writing and please keep commenting. I made a lot of provocative statements today. Please respond. Respond sensibly. And uh, if you don't, I'll read it anyway. And, uh, and, but I prefer sensible responses. But I'll read them all because there's no censorship on The Dirt Show.